Okay, so good afternoon, everybody. Now that we are back in Eretz HaKodesh after a bit of a... Okay, is everyone with me? Okay. Okay, all right. So again, once again, apologies for um, if I didn't inform everybody that I was gonna be away um, and apologize for any inconvenience. But now that we're back in Eretz HaKodesh, we are going to continue with the Birkot Torah. And this uh, today's year is going to regard specific scenarios, when we should say the bracha, when we shouldn't say the bracha, um, and famous questions like what one does uh, when one is awake all night, Shavuot night, or on a plane, and things like that. Okay, um, just before we get into the uh, intricacies of the shir, I just want to recap uh, what we mentioned two weeks ago regarding the nature of Birkat Torah. The nature of Birkat Torah, as we saw between the Truva of Rav Moshe Feinstein, it really is a, a bit of an anomaly in terms of which category of brachot it fits into. Is it a Birkat mitzvah? Is it a classic brocha before you do a mitzvah? Is it a Birkat HaNenin? Uh, is it a brocha because you're going to get benefit? You're going to have pleasure from something? Is it Birkat Hoda and Birkat HaShevach? Is a sap of a brocha which we are just praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu, just like when we see a beautiful, the Alps or, or, or any other uh, beautiful thing in nature. And uh, based on the truth of Rav Moshe Feinstein, uh, it seems to be that Birkat Torah is unique in that it could actually encompass all three categories of the mitzvot that we usually define as very specific siloed categories. Perhaps Birkat Torah is unique in that it actually encapsulates encapsulates all of them. Having said that, now that might be enough gemina when we deal with the practicalities of certain scenarios. So let's jump in. Uh, when should one say Birkat Torah? So the Gemara in Brachot, Yud Aleph, uh, famous Gemara, Amrav Huna, Lemikra Tzarich Levarich. When one is studying the verses of Tanakh, Tzarich Levarich, before one studies Chumash Klos or even Navi, one would have to make a bracha. However, the Midrash ain't Sarich Levarich. But when it comes to Midrash, um, some type of what we would call derivation of from the Psukim according to Chazal, one doesn't recite a bracha. Rabbi Lazar Mikra Ule Midrash. No, both for that and for Midrash. However, the Mishnah ain't Sarich Levarich. Mishnah in the times of the in the times of Chazal was basically a bottom line, almost kitzur shulchan aruch of what you do, what you don't do. That even for Mishnah, one would need to make a bracha. But for Talmud, one doesn't need to make a bracha. I apologize for the background noise. Baruch Hashem, we're living in Eretz Israel, and I'm living next to uh, uh, Air Force, and I have 
uh, we are blessed to have uh, an, an Israeli Air Force, a Jewish Air Force of F-16s flying over us. So it's a big bracha, but it does make a bit of noise. So um, I suppose it's better having an Air Force than, and, and having a bit of noise than, than the other alternative. Okay, so if, uh, if it just becomes that you can't hear me at all, I'll just stop uh, for the intermittent uh, 20 seconds when they fly over the house. In, in any event, what's the bottom line? Rav Amar, af le Talmud tzarech levarech, even for Gemara, one would need to make a bracha. The Amar of Chia Barashi, Rav Chia Barashi says, Zimnin sagin habakeim nekame de Rav. He was often in front of Rav, litnoya pirkin besifrit ve Rav, where he was basically just going to teach or, or learn a chapter in Midrash. And he would always wash his hands and then make a broch of Birkat Torah before teaching us. So based on that, it seems that any part of Torah, um, now I'll just, just, just comment. All the parts mentioned in the Gemara up until now are basically either the written text or um, things that are, are derivatives from the Gemara upwards, meaning on the Tana, writings of the Tanaim and writings of the Amoraim. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins, Tzarich Lavarech, Bein Lemikra, Bein Lemishnah, Bein Gemara. And he says whether you're learning Sukim or whether you're learning Mishnah or whether you're learning Gemara, in all of these cases, you would need to, you would, make, uh, you would need to make a bracha. And the Ramah adds also Midrash. Now, if you look at the English translation, when we, when we translated Midrash in brackets, we put the word halachic Midrash, meaning there are two types of Midrashim. There is Midrash, which is uh, basically derivations of the Psukim um, by the Tanaim, Midrash Halacha. And then there's Midrash Agada. So it's, it seems that the Ramah over here is focusing on Midrash connected to the more halachic derivation. Um, and as the Talmud of Rabbeinu Yona points out, that the reason why you make a bracha is because all of Mishnah and Talmud, although they're not psukim themselves, they derive the psukim and they are pointing to the fundamentals of the Torah, which is fulfilling the mitzvot or principles of the Torah. And because of that, they included in the, the, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Um, that is one understanding based on Rabbeinu Yonah. That basically, it's got to be that from my learning, I'm deriving something connected to the ikarei emuna or mitzvot. However, the Shulchan Aruch Harav gives a very different understanding. He says, anything that was given from the Torah, from Har Sinai, you make a bracha on, it's considered Torah. And very similar, but, but slightly different, the Torah, the, the Levush says, anything that's called Torah, you make a bracha on. Um, and there could, as we'll see, be a, a practical ramification between the definition according to Rabbeinu Yonah and the Shulchan Aruch Harab. Let's see. The Aruch HaShulchan says as follows. Veda. What about learning divrei agada, k'midrash rabbah, or chokhmata kabbalah? Meaning, we're not talking about midrash halacha. We're talking about midrash agada. 
where it's not coming to teach me a derivation from a pasuk on how to fulfill a mitzvah or detail in mitzvah, but rather a garata, uh, call it in, in a very broad sense, we can either call a garata some type of musar, uh, how we should act, or general perspectives on life that we, we, we gain from a garata, but it's not focused on halacha lamaitse mitzvah. It's not halacha shir. So says Aruch HaShulcha, v'da, שיש להסתפק בלומד דברי אגדה כמדרש רבו חוכמת הקבלה, אם מחויב לברך ברכת התורה. Why not? במסקנה דגם למדרש צריך לברך משום שמדרש לומן גם כן מהפסוקים מקל וחומר ומגזר השבה ומהמידות שהתורה נדרשת בהם. Now, he, he points out that the reason perhaps you can make a bracha is because the the fundamentals of learning are using the Shloshes Midot. According to the Aruch HaShokhan, if you're using the Shloshes Midot, the 13 uh, ways in which one learns Torah, that is perhaps enough of a reason in order to justify bracha. But then he says, Not only things that explain the mitzvot, let's call it clear-cut halacha, aval divrei agada or kabbalah she'en ikaram ledinim v'halachot, en sarich bracha. According to this, perhaps we don't make a bracha on, on uh, agadata and even kabbalah, and the reason is because it's not halacha l'maise, and especially if you're not going to learn it out from a kalva chomer or the thir- 13 principles in which the Torah is, is, is derived from. But if we say that the time if we go according to the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch Harav, right, the first, the Balatanya, that it's all given from Har Sinai, and we assume that everything is given from Har Sinai, also Agadita and also Kabbalah, then or Mishum Dekula Mikre, Torah Mikre, or as the Lavush pointed out, it's all called Torah. These are given from Sinai and called Torah. He says, look, this is the Nafkamina. According to Rabbeinu Yonah, it seems that the underpinning of the bracha is dependent on whether this is helping me learn halacha from the psukim. If I'm not learning either the written text or something that is connected to keeping the mitzvot, According to Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah, it's not clear that one says a bracha. According to the um, uh, according uh, according to the other opinions of the Lebush and the Balatanya, one would make a bracha. How are we paskin? So the Achronim, the Kafachaim, for example, in Arachaim Memzayin says, "Tzarich levarech ben lemikra ben lemishnah." The Kula Torah Mikru. They all call Torah. Quoting the Lebush. And he says, obviously, also uh, regarding Zohar and Kabbalah, it's simple, you make a bracha. He says, and according to the Kabbalist, these four elements, i.e. the Kabbalah, is one of the four elements in which the Torah is revealed to us. The one is the written verb, uh, uh, word, the w- one is Mishnah, one is Gemara, and the other is Kabbalah, and these are representative of the four worlds, or the four spiritual realms, I don't know what that means, 
but the Kabbalists do. So clearly one would have to make a bracha because in order to understand the four realms, you would have to learn all four areas of the Torah. Um, I once had a discussion with, uh, with someone who was very close to Rav Yashiv, and he, he said that it wasn't known very well, but Rav Yashiv's first book that he published, in fact, I think that one of the only books that he himself published was a Sefer on Kabbalah. Um, and he said, definitely uh, the Gedolim were experts in Kabbalah. Um, I do see from the readings of Rav Soloveitchik that he definitely was an expert in, halacha, in, 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 in the Kabbalah, in the Zohar. I'm not certain about Moriva Rabbi, Rav Lichtenstein, how much he focused on Kabbalah and other uh, poskim, uh, such as Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach. I'm not sure how much they focused on Kabbalah. It's an interesting discussion whether in order to be uh, a Gadol Ador, you have to be an expert in all of these areas as well. So that's just a, a sad point. Um, but definitely, according to the Kapachayim, it's part of the Torah, it's part of the four realms of the, of the, of the, the world, the spiritual world, and therefore one definitely would make a brocha. Now, a, const- a, a very common question is, so what happens if I wake up and I say psukim, but not as part of Talmud Torah, but rather as tefillah, as tachanunim? The, the, the common time we do this is during Elul or Sertimei Tshuva when we recite Slichot. So would one have to say Birkata Torah when one is reciting Tsukim, but not for the sake of Talmud Torah, but for the sake of Tfila? So here the Shulchan Aruch in Orachai Memvav says, Lo Psukim Birkata Torah. One should not recite Psukim before one recites Birkata Torah. Even if he is just reciting them, not for the sake of Limut Torah, but for the sake of Tfila, let's call it. The Yeshomrim Chainachush. And some say one doesn't need to worry about a Birkat Torah. Since you're not doing it for the sake of Talmud Torah, you're doing it as part of a Tfila, you don't need to make a Bracha. However, one should be careful to follow the first opinion, meaning even before reciting psukim, one should say birkatatar. Says Ramah, the minag, obviously the minag Ashkenaz, was like the latter opinion. That meaning that only if you're reciting psukim for the sake of Talmud Torah, do you have to break a bracha. But if you're not, for example, slichot, one doesn't need to. As we say, Birkat Torah, after we recite Slichot. The Minag was basically to go to the Beit Knesset to, to recite Kama Psukim. Some say there are Stichli before they put on their Talit. And it seemed like they only put, said Birkat Torah afterwards. So that all these Psukim that they were saying were before they said Birkat Torah. But then the Ramah changes tune. He says, The, the Minag is to recite Birkat Torah immediately after Asher Yatsar. Now, 
When do we resort Asher Yatsar? Most people resort Asher Yatsar when they get up in the morning, i.e. after going, when they get up, Natilat Yadayim, they go to the bathroom, that is when they recite Asher Yatsar. So what exactly is the opinion of the Ramah? The Ramah tells us that the Minak was to say it in Shul, but then he tells us at the end that it should be said after Asher Yatsar. How do we, how do we, like, what exactly is the Ramah saying of here? Let's see what the Mishnah Bura says, and, uh, and let's put it up, to, at least how the Mishnah Bura understood the Ramah. I think one could understand the Ramah differently. If I was just reading the Ramah, and, and I wasn't, you know, at all tainted by, you know, what my, my, my schedule in the morning, I would say the easiest way to read the Ramah, what the Ramah says, the Minag is basically to say it, or, you know, you can first fake Sukkim, and you say it when you get to Shul. And when you say it, when you get to Shul, after you say Asher Yatsar, meaning Asher Yatsar, you actually say it Shul. That I would have read, if, if I was just reading the Ramah without any other sources, I think that would have been the easiest way to read the Ramah. But the Mishnah explains the Ramah differently um, based on other sources, but also perhaps just because he understood the Ramah better than me. He says like this, What he writes further on, immediately after Asher Yatzar. And not to say any Sukkim before that. In Cain Svirilan, the Ein Lomar Sukkim Afilu Derch Tachnunim, Kon Therefore, his concluding line implies that one doesn't recite Sukkim even if it is for the sake of Tvila. One should first say Torah and then say Psukim for Tachanunim, and therefore during Slichot, one should first say Torah and then recite the Slichot, and that should be um, the way that we do. I'm not 100% convinced that that is the simplest reading of the Ramah. But that is definitely how the Mishnah Brura understood him. And that seems to be what most of us, um, almost standard uh, halachic practice. Now, Ramonach Eliyahu, uh, coming from a more, um, the, the Svarib Sak, he says very similar idea. Don't say any psukim before Bikata Torah. Some people have a minag of reciting this pasuk before they enter the the Beit Knesset. So bottom line, one could have argued that you only need to say Birkat Torah if you are going to say psukim for the sake of Talmud Torah. The bottom line is we are not to recite any psukim, even if it's for the sake of tefillah and tachanunim, unless one has recited birkatator. The uh, piskei truvot just adds one or two exceptions to the rule. For example, he says like this, meaning as we saw, if one is reciting psukim for the sake, not for the sake of Talmud Torah, one doesn't need to say a bracha. But the, we pass in the Chumrah. 
However, therefore, says there's going to be an exception to the rule. When there's a reason, one can be lenient. What's a reason? He gives a, a very common example. You get to show. You want to say Birkat there, and you come a bit late. They're already saying Kaddish. Huh? After um, Rabbi Ishmael, can you answer? Can't you answer? You haven't said Birkat He says you can answer. Because when you're answering it, it's not L'Shem Talmud Torah. And therefore, since Meikar Din, it's not a problem. You can answer Baruchu, you can answer Kaddish, etc. V'chein Omar Imatzibor Pasuk Rishon for Kriyachma. Let's say you get to, um, you get very, you come to show very late. And they're already on, 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 on Kriyachma. You can recite Kriyat, the first Pasuk of Kriyachma with them. Mochein Mutali Ko Kriyachma Kshero E, Shamu Cheret Vim Yakdim Torah, Yacher Zmanah. So that's a less practical, uh, hopefully that's a less uh, practical example. Although it's, it's, I was just in America. It's not so simple when you can, uh, sometimes you're in, in states where, where um, it's not so simple when you can write, you know, the, the time frame of reciting Kriyatma is quite limited. Um, so in that case, if you get to that scenario, you can say recite Kriyatma without uh, the, the Birkata Torah. Again, because Me'ikar Adin, we saw that you only need to recite Birkat Torah for the sake of Talmud Torah. And since this is for the sake of fulfilling the mitzvah of Kriyachma or for the sake of davening, Me'ikar Adin, you don't need to. However, Lamaise, we are Machmir, especially this, this is going to be very practical for many of us uh, during, um, if you Svari, the whole of uh, Elul, if you Ashkenazi, basically I said to make Shuvah in the week before Rosh Hashanah. Okay. Now, another uh, ramification of when we should say Birkat Torah or not, and that is regarding writing, uh, thinking, or listening. Listening to a shir, which has become very, very uh, common. You get in a car um, and the radio's on, and the shir's on. Do you have to switch the radio off? Um, I, went, uh, um, I remember there was like a six o'clock uh, Dafyomi shir. This is pre-corona. When I, I used to drive to Schultz, it was, it was a, a two-minute drive, but on two minutes I could get I could get a bit of the piece of the daf in before I was going to give the shear. So if I hadn't said Birkat Torah before, would I have to switch off the radio? So says the Sefer Abu Dram. A person wakes up early and he wants to write down his Chidushay Torah. They said that that is when many of the Gedolim, they said about the, um, not the Ksois, the, uh, maybe it was the Ksois, and he used to write all his Divrei Torah in the morning. Um, and uh, so, what, Chayav Levarech Birkat Torah Kamol Yilmod, Rak Kotev B'Divrei Rashut. Meaning, if I'm writing Chidushei Torah, according to the Abu Draham, one would have to recite Birkat Torah, even though one's not verbalizing anything. If I'm writing words of Torah, not for the sake of Torah, but for the sake of um, uh, some type of uh, way of being polite, so I use a pasuk to describe uh, to describe something. Anila dodi dodi li, you know, you know, certain phrases or psukim that we that people have from the Tanakh, sometimes are used in a non-Torah uh, um, kind of connection, 
one wouldn't recite a bracha for that. And the Shulchan Aruch writes, Hakotev b'divrei Torah, I, for writing, one would have to make a bracha. And then he says, However, one is just contemplating, one, one doesn't make a bracha. The Gemara says this in many, many cases, thought is not equivalent to speech. So thinking about Torah, is you don't say a bracha, but uh, reciting, verbalizing the Torah, one would have to make a bracha. Says the Ramah, if you're giving someone else your shayla, you're allowed to paskin, it's mutar, it's asur, without giving an explanation, you wouldn't have to recite a bracha. Now this is a bit challenging because the Shulchan Aruch says like this, when it comes to verbalizing Divrei Torah, obviously one has to recite the Birkat Torah. When it comes to thinking, one doesn't recite the Birkat Torah. When it comes to writing, Shulchan Aruch Paskins like the Abu Dram, there was that one does have to recite. However, the question is, um, the question is, why is writing more similar to speech than to hearhur? Let's look at the Let's look at the Turei Zahav. The Turei Zahav, source number 12, in Orachai Menzayim says, HaKotev B'divrei Torah, quoting the, the Shulchan Aruch, who says that you have to recite the bracha. Lo yadati makor Says the Taz, Minale, where, where did the Shulchan Aruch get such a din? I, obviously we know where the Shulchan Aruch got it from. He got it from the Abu Draham. But the Abu Draham didn't give a source of what the Svara is. Didn't the Shulchan Aruch rule immediately afterwards that contemplation, thinking, is not the same as verbalizing? Now writing, says the Taz, is similar to contemplation, thinking. So, so therefore the Taz does not really accept the opinion of the Abu Draham. He says, I haven't found a source. There was no source given in the Talmud, from the Gemara, from the Mishnah, uh, from any sources of Chazal that would make such a distinction between writing and contemplation. And therefore says the Taz, I don't know why the Shulchan Aruch Paskin like the Abu Draham. Therefore he says, Linyan Maise, what do you do, practically speaking? The Taz says, listen, if, if you're going to be writing some Divrei Torah, you should verbalize something. Because he says we should not rely on the Psaq of the Shulchan Aruch and Abu Dram. He feels that it's not, it's more similar to Hirur. Writing is similar to Hirur. So what is the logic to say otherwise? Here says the Mishnah Brura, a Svora. Says the Mishnah Brura. Svirale, i.e., the opinion of the, um, the Shulchan Aruch, the Abu Draham, there is some element that is greater when one writes than just thinking. What is that element? The Hatam, the, the, the difference between contemplation versus writing is contemplation, you did not do any action. And always regarding mitzvot, we know that an action is critical. So here, since you did a maise, you did a physical action, 
that is good enough to elevate it to a state where it necessitates Birkata Torah. The Yeshomri, some say the Derech HaKotev, Lotzi Tevot Mipip Bishatakhtiva. Sometimes when person writes, he mumbles the words to himself. Now, according to that second opinion, if a person knows that he doesn't do that, it might be problematic for him to say Birkata Torah. What is the mission of Rapaskin? Meaning, we are really concerned about the opinion of the Tazavia, and therefore we're not going to rely on the opinion of Shulchan Aruch. And just to say a bracha, even if you're just going to write. Perhaps it is very similar to contemplation. And because of that, as we saw, one doesn't make a bracha on contemplation. Okay, how does the Yalkut Yosef, Rab of Rabbi Yitzchak Yosef say? Avala Kotev divrei Torah lechatchila in lo lichtov elim ken yivarech. Kolim birkata Torah. So lechatchila says the Yalkut Yosef, one shouldn't recite a bracha. Veraui shekol echad shekotev divrei Torah yotzi befiv kamatevot, and one should recite some verses or something in order. Uh, not for it to be a bracha l'vatara. Kedei l'atzei, yedei chovat kol ha'deot. Now, he does add in parenthesis, he says, aval achar shal se ma'aseh b'ktivato, after he's written words, v'nikar shalomet Torah. What is the difference between contemplation versus writing? So we saw the Mishnah Burr's distinction. Two distinctions. Number one, you're doing an action versus inaction. Number two, um, number two, you might you might say the words to yourself when writing. But the Yalkut Yosef brings another two points. Number one, when you're contemplating, it is not recognizable that you're learning Torah. I mean, what's the guy thinking about? Maybe he's thinking about a dream he had last night. We, we it's, it's very difficult. What what you know. Uh, isn't there a phrase? I'll give a penny for your thoughts, right? What's going on? No one knows. However, when a person is writing Divrei Torah, it is recognizable that he's doing a he's, he's doing he's involved in Talmud Torah. The gam, a second point, which is critical, which we'll see in, further in the Yabia Omer, that he is allowing or enabling other people to learn because when they read his divrei Torah. Let, let's read the Yabia Omer, Rab Ovadia, how he explained this uh, himself. The kashia of the Taz, as we saw inside, what is the difference between writing versus Hirhur? In the end of the day, they seem to be the one and the same. The tirate de mime time by lama. But before we get to that, why is it that a person who is contemplating Torah doesn't he need to make a bracha? In the end of the day, he's delving into Torah. Meaning, you shall teach it to your children, to your sons. The actual mitzvah of Talmud Torah in its purest form is actually not learning, but teaching. This is quite clear from how the Rambam formulates the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Um, where basically the Rambam basically says the mitzvah of Talmud Torah is actually to teach Torah. 
uh, sometimes he, and almost learning is like a hechsher in order to be able to, to teach. Nimtza. So it comes out that ikar mitzvah bedibur, the, the real mitzvah is through speech. Why through speech? Because if you are just contemplating, how do you teach anyone through contemplation? Unless you have, you know, mental telepathy, it's going to be very difficult. That's why you don't make a brach on hero. However, when it comes to writing, most of my, my learning today is from reading Svarim. I'm not hearing my rabbeim teach me. I'm reading the works of the Rambam and Rashi, etc., etc. So based on that, clearly, a, a, a way of learn, of teaching is through the mode of, of the written word. And therefore, says the Yabi Omer, it makes sense why the Shulchan Aruch uh, um, elevated the status of writing over and above the status of reading. Uh, sorry, contemplating. And that kind of puts away the opinion of the Taz. However, we saw that the Mishnah Bura wasn't so uh, accepting of that opinion. And Lamaise, he says, one should try and verbalize something and not just write. And not rely on the Mechaber, not rely on the Shulchan Aruch, and say Torah before writing. On the other extreme, we have the opinion of the Vilna Gaon. Famous opinion of Vilna Gaon. Says the Gaon, meaning the Psak of the Shulchan Aruch. Where did he get that from? The Kan Mevarech Ala Mitzvah. Because in the end of the day, what is the Brocha? The Brocha is a Birkata Mitzvah. V'chileka Mitzvah Behirur. Are you not involved in a Mitzvah when you are contemplating? Now, I imagine the Vilna Gaon spent many hours contemplating different sugyot. Was he not involved in the Mitzvah of Talmud Torah? Valone Emar. He proves it from a pasuk. What does the Torah say? Or the Navi say? What does the word vihigita? Vihigita is one contemplates. The contemplation of my heart. Just as an aside, whenever the Gemara talks about, whenever the Psukim talk about one's heart, it really is the mind. Meaning, Meaning, the Sefer is really an intellectual Sefer. It's not, it's not an emotional Sefer. We talk about the mind as being the intellect and the heart as being the emotional. The Rishonim did not understand the word Libi uh, as only emotional. The Leib very much represents the intellectual side as well. So, and, and you see, as you see from this passage, the Vilna Gaon. Uh, you know, the protagonist of, of the, the Litvisha world and the Misnagdim wasn't focusing on the emotional element. He was focusing on the intellectual element and nevertheless he calls it Belayv, the Gyonlibi. And, and he says, for certain this is true if one is going to pass in the Din. He says like this, According to the Vilnagaon, contemplating the din is actually a higher level of Talmud Torah. Meaning if I'm just reading verses and I have to make a bracha, certainly if I'm actually thinking about the, the, the depth of the Torah, should I, I should make a bracha. Just reading in front of a tzibur, where there's no real thought that goes into it. And you make a bracha, according to the Vilnagaon, 
if you make a bracha for that, certainly you would make a bracha for Kirhil. Again, halacha lemaitze, we don't generally paskin like the Lin Gaon, but it is an important opinion of the, the Gaon to, to, to be aware of. Okay, Mishnabura, uh, let's just uh, summarize Mishnabura over here, and he says as follows. Kirhur so bottom line, Mishnah didn't accept the opinion of the Vilna Gaon. He even was concerned um, about the writing, but over here we're dealing specifically with contemplation. One needs to verbalize something. But we get around this problem because after we say Birkat Torah, we generally say a Mishnah uh, of, uh, from Mesechet Peah, etc. And uh, some people say the Psukim. So there's a whole Gansa little uh, excerpt of Divrei Torah that one does. So you get around the problem. Once you've said that, you don't need to. Um, you don't need to necessarily say anything else. I had an interesting shayla that happened to me uh, a few years ago. I was. Uh, I woke up late, and uh, I, I usually give it up yomi shir the first thing in the morning. So I woke up late. Um, so I got in my car, drove to the uh, drove to shul, and started giving the daf yomi shir. And then in the middle of of the shir. I realized that I hadn't said Birkat Torah. So what do you do? Do you stop the shir? And, and my Dafyomi shir is, is very, very tight schedule because there was a minion straight afterwards and we had to cover the entire daf uh, in, uh, in 35 minutes. And, and, and it was a very short uh, time to get through the whole thing. And I remembered I didn't know what to do. Do I stop and, and go and recite Birkat Torah? Uh, do I not? Um, anyway, Mashikul was maybe the the Torah of Rabbim is more important that I shouldn't waste the, the entire shir's time and I should teach teach the Torah and then afterwards, my, I, for my personal Talmud Torah, there's no question. But because I would be wasting everyone's time, that 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 was uh, I wasn't sure about it. Anyway, I asked the Shaila afterwards, and the answer that I got was. But you should have just said one Birkat Torah, as we saw according to the um, uh, according to the Shagas right? In a case of Safek, uh, definitely one one uh, you only recite one bracha according to him. So I could have just said one bracha, and I didn't need to say the psukim afterwards because I was already teaching teaching Torah and I was teaching a dafyomi, which which would have uh, covered myself. So anyway, that was just an interesting shayla that uh, that I should have done in that uh, scenario. Now, the uh, the bottom line is, as we saw, since we say all these, all, all the, the Mishnah and the Pukim afterwards, one doesn't have to worry about it. Let's let's move on to a, a, another case, and that is, what happens if a person, as as I said, I get in my car, and you put, turn on the radio, and there's a daf yomi shir in Israel. There's daf yomi shir. I think it's at six o'clock. Um, in the morning, so, and I haven't yet said Birkat Torah. Is that a problem? Says Rav Shlomo Arbach, source number twenty. Person who hears Torah from someone else, 
Chayav definitely needs to recite a bracha. Now, the question is why? Because one could argue that why is this different from herehood? Why is this different from contemplating? One could sim simply answer, well, we have many times discussed the principle of Shomer Koneh. The fact that I'm hearing it is as if I am saying it. And therefore, if I'm listening to a shiur from someone else, it's as if I'm reciting it, and therefore, din Shomer Koneh, I'm verbalizing it, and therefore would have to recite Birkat Zatara. Says Rav Shlomo no. Not just because of the principle of Shomei Akone. The Shomei Akone, Amrin and Rak, B'mashe Tzarech Lishmar, K'day Latzek Yedei Chovato. When do we apply the principle of Shomei Akone? When I'm obligated to, to, to recite something, someone can recite it on my behalf. However, Mashe Enkem Benidon Didan, in this case, I'm not obligated. This is the way of how the Torah is learned. Someone verbalizes, the Rav says the Shir, and other people listen, and the Talmudim are listening. This is Derech Talmud Torah. And since is, this is Derech Havarata Torah, one definitely needs to make a Birkat Torah before listening to a Shir. So I think that is quite an enlightening sheer uh, uh, opinion of Rav Shlomo Zavon Arbach. It's not a din in Shomer Koneh. And one could argue if it's a din in Shomer Koneh, what if the person who's, who I'm learning from isn't obligated? He's a kid, under bar mitzvah, etc. Um, you know, you get into all these, these interesting variations. Says Rav Shlomo Zavon, it's not a din in Shomer Koneh. It's a din in this is the way in which Torah is learned from, from Moshe Rabbeinu all the way into Yoshua and throughout the generations. Okay, uh, let's move on to another very common question, and that is Chaga Shavuot. A person stayed up all night. What do you do in the morning? Should one recite Birkat Torah or not? Question number two A person goes to, he has a nice Shavuot Shloth after the Cholent. Uh, he goes and he has a, a siesta on a Shabbos afternoon, sleeps in his bed, a two-hour shloth. When he wakes up, does he have to recite Birkat Torah before he goes to his afternoon shir or not? Let's read the shut of the Rosh. In the response of the Rosh, he says as follows. Od Regarding this question of So this was the question posed to the Rosh, what's considered Hesachadat, when do I make a bracha? Either you sleep in the afternoon or person wakes up at two o'clock in the morning and you know, then afterwards he goes back to sleep. What, what, what happens in that case? In the the answer of the Rosh. Person who is used to having a siesta, two to four, he's in his bed. It's called a permanent sleep or substantial sleep, and that is considered a hefsek, an interruption. 
When he wakes up at four o'clock, it's, he now needs to recite Birkat HaTorah. But a person who just dozes off in his seat, or al he puts his, his, his head on his, on his hands, that is considered a, a, a temporary type of sleep, and therefore one would not recite a bracha. So according to the Rosh, if one has what we call shenat keva, a substantial and uh, um, not a temporary sleep, but a, a, a significant sleep, that would, that would uh, need or necessitate one to recite a birkat atar. Look at the Beit Yosef. The father of the Agur ruled that one shouldn't recite a bracha, even if one got in one's pajamas and went to sleep during the day between two and four, it's not, not enough to recite a bracha. He says, this is how we should pasken. Once you have a machloket, whether to recite the bracha, we know that brachot enan ma'akvot, it's not ma'akev, and therefore, why get into a problem of a safek brachalabatala? That is all the opinion of the Agur, quoting his father and paskening like his father. The yesh litmoa says the Beit Yosef, says the of Yosef Karo, I don't understand. We're talking about the great halachic rulers, the Rosh, Rabbi Nesimcha, the Rambam, Clearly, any substantial sleep is considered an interruption. We haven't found anyone who really argues with them other than the Agur quoting his father. How did the father of the Agur, Agur was a late Rishon. So who, did, who was he following? Meaning he's not following the Rosh, not following the Rambam. What's going on over here? Now the, the son, for obvious reasons, followed his father. Because there's an argument. But the truth is, we haven't found any earlier source that made such a machloket. And therefore, according to the Shulchan Aruch, according to Beit Yosef, we should not accept the opinion of the Agur. And then he says like this. The Ekshar Shetamam. Actually, there is perhaps a Svara we have found an earlier source, as we'll see in a moment. According to Rabbeinu Tam, even if one slept the entire night and woke up, one went to sleep at eight o'clock in the night and one woke up at three o'clock in the morning, one would not recite a Birkat Torah. Why? Because according to the Rabbeinu Tam, one recites Birkat Torah once a day when it's a new day, like all Birkat Hashachar. And therefore, even though we don't follow Rabbeinu Tam in this regard, when do we argue with Rabbeinu Tam? That's when sleeping at night. But when it comes to sleeping during the day, maybe 
we will accept the opinion of the Rabbeinu Tam. So says the Beit Yosef, look, I don't really understand it, but the Minag follows the Agur. The Minag follows the Agur, he gives a Svara, he says, perhaps we are relying or we are being concerned for the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam, and, uh, and that's why at least during the day we do not, we do not recite uh, uh, Bracha. How does the Shulchan Aruch Paskin? Halach Lamaiseh. Says the Shulchan Aruch in Orachai Memzayin, Shenat Keva Beyot, a permanent sleep during the day. Permanent means you go and lie on your bed, not you doze off on the couch or something like that. Al Mitato on his bed, have a hefsek. It's considered an interruption. And some say one don't. And that is the Minak. Meaning, although the Shulchan Aruch Paskins that he thinks Meikar Adin one should recite the bracha, nevertheless the minag is not to recite the bracha, and that's how we pass it. This is the Mishnah Berurah, and this is the minag. If you sleep on Shabbos afternoon, you don't recite the bracha when you wake up. The Chamudot says one should say a bracha. And that was the, the psak of his teacher. As well as the Prichadash. Meaning there's a whole Gansa team of Achronim that passed against the Shulchan Aruch. Meaning you've got the Vilna Gaon, you've got the Gra, you've got the, you've got the Chaya Adam. These are serious heavyweights. They all say one should say a brocha. And therefore, um, the bottom line, it sounds like a kopanim nire pashuta v'somecha kol aposkim shiskanam v'varech loitzit. So the Mishnah Bura's bottom line is, if you make a bracha, you're not going to lose out, even though it seems like the minag is not to make a bracha. The, um, um, the Yalkut Yosef doesn't take it that far. He says like this, Ayashen b'sh yom shenat keva mitato or shenat b'yom nechshevet lefsek Right? Uh, he says, this sleep during the day, even if you change your clothing, is not considered permanent. Meaning, the Mishra Bura says, if you say a brocha, you've got many achronim to, to rely on. Yalkut Yosef says, don't say a brocha with Shem Hashem, just think about it. And the Piskei Tovot says as follows, Omnam, Lamaise parpashat minhag t'shulchan aruch, she'ein mevarchin achar shenat ayom, la'af achar shena b'tchilat ha'layla, k'shidato ishon achar kach shenat ha'layla ha'kua. So, the minhag is not to recite the brocha. Let's say you come home, seven o'clock at night, and you just go lie down on your bed for, for 45 minutes, and then you're gonna wake up for supper and continue. Even then, one wouldn't recite a bracha, even though it's a, a sleeping at night. Um, but he also agrees one should do some type of kirhur. What about waking up in the middle of the night? That is considered the end of your sleep. You woke up, and now you've got to get up. You should say birkatatara. Everyone agrees, basically, if you wake up in the middle of the night, and that's it, you're now 
are going to prepare your dafyomi and etc. You now make a birkat a Torah. Now, based on all of this information, what do we do if we were to stay up the entire night? Meaning, now we're flipping. Instead of, I had a hefsek and I needed to make a birkat a Torah. Here, the problem is opposite. I just went through the night on Tikkun Lel, on Oshana Rabbah, and I went through the entire night learning, and I didn't doze off at all. Or we'll see, maybe if you did doze off, maybe does that constitute anything or not? Can I say Birkat Torah or not? Now, as we saw before, according to Rabbeinu Tam, there's no question. Of course you make a Birkat Torah, because a Birkat Torah is really, according to Rabbeinu Tam, the easiest understanding of Rabbeinu Tam is that it's a Birkat Shebach. And every day you have, or it's a Birkat Mitzvah, or it's a, it's a brocha that one says every day, just like Birkat Shachar. And therefore, whether you, uh, whether you said it, whether you had a hepsek or not, is, is of no consequence according to Rabbeinu Tam. But as we said, we don't pass it like Rabbeinu Tam. So what should we do in this scenario? This is the Mishnah Therefore, you got you set up all night. you don't say it. Hear it from someone else. The usual standard, tell him to be more to you. But the Yalkut Yosef says not, and by the way, this is the opinion of the Aruch HaShulchan, uh, this is my own, I, I generally over here follow the Aruch HaShulchan, the Aruch HaShulchan is almost, is very consistent, that when one stays up all night, one basically says, all Birkat HaShachar, not a question, as well as Birkat HaTorah. And, and uh, he, he says to Yalkut Yosef, uh, and he says, once you have a minag, you don't have to worry about a suffix brachot. Okay, now... Question? The, yes. Would that apply like also, let's say, on an airplane? Oh, oh. So, would that apply on an airplane? Yes. But, then Rabbi Akiva Ege that we're going to see over here might, might be different. Okay? So, according to Aruch HaShulchan, definitely you could say Torah if you were on an airplane and you didn't sleep. And uh, I think the same would apply to the Yalkut Yosef. But there is a, a very famous opinion of Rabbi Akiva Ega, which we'll see uh, in a moment, and, and, and that would be, the airplane might be different. Look at, the, uh, look at the Rabbi Akiva Ega. Rabbi Akiva Ega comes up with a fantastic lomdus kind of mimanafshach. He says like this, Vuadin biyashen bayom v'neor you went and had a shloch on your bed. Let's say, let's say Tikkunel for argument's sake was a Motzei Shabbos. So your Shabbos afternoon shloch was also the Shabbos afternoon shloch. But, and we said, we don't pass like the Rosh, meaning 
you woke up after your Shabbos afternoon shlop, you don't say Birkata Torah, because we don't pass like the Rosh. But then the whole night you were awake on Motzei Shabbos. Can you make a brocha? Says now the uh, Rabbi Akiva Ega, Neor for certain, you need to make a bracha. You need to make a bracha because according to Rabbeinu Tam, it's a new day. It's got nothing to do with the hefsek, not hefsek. You make a bracha. According to the Rosh, you needed to make a bracha yesterday afternoon. But we were machmir. So therefore, vadai in the, the next morning, both according to Rabbeinu Tam and according to the Rosh, one can make a bracha. This was told to me by my Rosh Hashiva Rav Amital on, Lela, uh, on uh, Tikkun Lel. He says, he says uh, to the uh, to the Hebra, everyone, go have a little shloff, and therefore uh, you can be Yotze with the Man of Shach tomorrow morning with the uh, Rabbi Akiva Ega, and you can all make your own Birkat Torah. Bottom line, what is the Mishra Baruch Paskin? He Paskins the Rabbi Akiva Ega. Now, let's go back to the aeroplane. Usually, at least, I try before Tikkun Lel to, to get a shlof in. Um, one of the reasons is that I'll be able to stay up. And number two is because of this Rabbi Akiva Ega. Unfortunately, when I'm taking a flight in the middle of the week, generally, I, I have no time uh, to take a little shlof, alavai, but generally it doesn't happen. So, so, so that would be the nafkamina. Meaning, if you had a sleep prior to getting on the plane, and you didn't sleep on the plane, and now it's morning, the the opinion uh, that would definitely apply. It's just practically uh, most times when I've flown, I've never been able to get a shlof in before. Whereas tikunel, most times dafka do try and get a shlof in before tikunel. That's the only real practical nafkamina, even though. Halakhically, there's no, no difference between the two scenarios. Um, now, the Piskei Truvot, just to end off, uh, Piskei Truvot just says, So a person should, when Alot HaShachar arrives, that's when one should say Birkat HaTorah. But, you know, when is Alot HaShachar, which is the, the later time is 72 minutes before nights. And this often happens in Tikkunel, in the middle of a shear. And now comes Alot HaShachar. Do you have to start the, stop the Maggid shear? Say, everyone now say, Bikat Zatara. So yes, say, there, there are people that have opinion that don't worry about it. Finish the different, uh, finish the Indian, finish the shear, and then say, Birkat HaTorah. Okay, next week, Bezrat Hashem, we'll have one shear on Psuke de Zimra, and then we will move on to volume 10, Bezrat Hashem. Okay, so uh, if you don't know, volume 10 has uh, arrived in Israel. You can order your volume 10 for those of you who have not got it. It's in, America, in the States, it's around the world. Um, so get your volume ASAP. Tov, have a great week. Yashakrach. Call to.